Blog Talk Radio. Today's lesson is titled, The Enemy Fixer. And I'm sure some of you have got some folks that you want to fix. Now some of you think that somebody's got you fixed. said, no, Reverend Ike, I don't believe in all of that superstition. Yes, some of you who don't believe in that kind of superstition, you're believing that you're star-crossed. <laughs> well, we're going to get rid of all of this enemy business and all of this opposition business right now with this lesson, which I call the enemy fixer, how to stop enemies and opposition. There are two texts which we're going to read at this time. From the lips of Jesus, St. Matthew, the 10th chapter and the 36th verse. These are the words of Jesus. St. Matthew 10, 36. I'm going to read and I'm going to have you repeat it after me as I shall read a man's foes shall be of his own house. Now let's stop here for a moment. What is a man's house? A man's house is his mind. So say with me, my house is my mind. Now, I know that's a revelation to some of you. Some of you think that your house is at 1020 Walton Avenue. I mean, even the physical house that you live in, I've got news for you. The material house that you live in is really in your mind. The house that you live in is in you. With that in mind, let's transliterate the words of Jesus. A man's enemies, a man's enemies are, in his own mind. are in his own mind. Oh, quiet. I want to say that again for emphasis and have you shout it back at me. A man's enemies, a man's enemies are in his own mind. Oh, but you know that you know that's wonderful. You know why that's wonderful? Now that you know that they're all in your own mind, you can kill them every one. Amen. You've got them. Let me hear you say, I've got them. And you see, when you learn that you've got them, then you can unget them. Well, we're going to tell you what we mean by that as we shall go on. From the pen of St. Paul to the Colossians in the first chapter and the 21st verse of his epistle, we read, You were enemies, you were enemies in your mind, in your mind, by wicked works. and how to get rid of opposition. 
And in this world, from time to time, it may seem that people and things come to oppose us. And I catch myself dealing with that from time to time. I was having a satellite dish put up on one of our buildings in a certain seashore area. And it cost a number of thousands of dollars to do it, but the thing just wasn't working right. And the people wanted the rest of their money before the thing. Seems like they wanted their money before they finished installing it. And of course, I told my people, don't pay them the rest of it until it works. And we were about to get in a tug of war with that issue. And you know, in life from time to time, every day there are opportunities to get in little oppositional circumstances with people and things. Is that right? Oh, yeah. oh but we're going to fix that today. And so as this scenario was about to get a little rough, I prayed, and here's what the Spirit told me. Stop adversarial, oppositional thinking and feeling. Most of us are in the habit of letting oppositional, adversarial thinking and feeling run away with us at will. Get that set of tapes by Reverend Ike. Tell your feelings how to feel. Tell your mind what to think. Tell your body how to react. Stop and think for a moment. How do you think and how do you feel when you observe that somebody or something seems to be working against you? Usually, the mind begins to think adversarial thoughts, oppositional thoughts. Usually, the feeling nature begins to feel oppositional feeling, adversarial feeling. And I mean, you know, the, the thinking and the feeling can really go to work. Oh, no, that old so-and-so is trying to do this to me. Those old so-and-sos are trying to do that to me. And so adversarial thinking and feeling comes into play. And if you permit adversarial thinking and oppositional thinking and feeling to just run away with you at every opportunity when you face a challenge, you're going to create a lot of opposition and a lot of enemies. So the first thing you're going to have to do is become aware and stop adversarial oppositional thinking and feeling. Break this nasty habit. Say that. Break this nasty habit. Say it again. Break this nasty habit. For the third time, say it. Break this nasty habit. And it is a habit. Only you can put yourself in mental position 
to experience enmity or friendship, harmony or opposition. Nobody can be your enemy without your permission. What a mind-blowing. You cannot be my enemy unless I give you the permission. It doesn't matter what you say, what you think, or what you do. If I don't give you the permission to be my enemy, you cannot be my enemy. Now, this is what I mean by killing your enemy. When you realize that, that kills the idea of enemies in opposition. I'm not talking about killing people. I want you to say this to yourself. This is so important because right here and right now is where you're going to drop every enemy right now, right in their tracks. I want you to say this to yourself. I want you to preach this to yourself. And our sermons and classes are a bit different here. Because you helped me to preach these, and, and we're really each one preaching to himself. You never get one of these lessons unless I have first taught it to myself. You never get a sermon from me unless I have first preached it to myself. And make no mistake about it, before I get here to preach a sermon, I've preached it to myself over and over. And after I leave here, I'm preaching it to myself. And I say, now you live by it, or don't you go and preach it to anybody else anymore. Ministers and practitioners, you have no business preaching to other folks something that you have not preached to yourself and that you are willing to practice yourself. And you're going to have to prove it when challenges come. Anything that doesn't stand the test, what good is it? Here's the statement. No one can be my enemy without my personal permission. Shout it. No one can be my enemy Now, I want you to engrave this on your mind. I want you to touch yourself with your thumb so that that subconscious self will know I'm, I'm talking to you. Now, three times we are going to shout it. We are going to preach it. No one can be my enemy without my personal permission. Let's hear it. No one can be my enemy without my personal permission. Again. No one can be my enemy without my personal permission. No Let me tell you something about this. It's a repeat that you've heard several times during this series, but it's worth repeating a million times. I have never forgotten some almost 20 years ago. In Boston, Massachusetts, a man came to me and said, Reverend Ike, I've been having bad luck ever since that old woman, that old evil woman, my enemy, put a curse on me. 
And this man was crying, tears washing his face. He was trembling. He had become a sickly man. He had troubles in his home. His money had dried up. Ain't that trouble? Couldn't hold no money and couldn't get none to hold. And he stood there before me just like a whipped dog. And you know, it's, it's an interesting thing. I, for some reason or the other, have always felt that the God in me has and is the answer to every problem. Always thought that. Always felt that. You're broken down and tired of living life on the merry-go-round. And you can't find a fighter. But I see it in you, so we can walk it out. Walk it out and move on day. And I'll rise up, I'll rise like the day. I'll rise up, I'll rise unafraid. I'll rise up, and I'll do it a thousand times again. And I'll Silence is a quiet And it feels like it's getting hard to breathe And I know you feel like dying But I promise we would take the world to its feet Move I won't take Bring it to its feet the day I'll rise 
Jessica and Tasia on Hindsight Radio. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Divine Connection Show, where we want to divinely connect with you. This is Jessica and Tasia. How's everyone doing out there? We hope everyone is keeping um, a good headspace considering everything that's going on, um, that's been going on, um, as far as police brutality and all the lives being lost out there or bodies being harmed, lives being harmed by violence, just everything. We hope that everyone's still finding their safe place, um, and finding the balance through all of this, because this can be very challenging to work through mm-hmm. from day to day. We can't act like it does not affect us. We can't even ignore it, no. you know. Even Akeem talked about it on Tuesday. It's kind of hard to ignore it. And it's not like we're not ignoring it. It really just, it's like a domino effect. It really does affect us as a people, as people we see that look like us, our, you know, people that look like they're related to us, have the same skin complexion, and it's just, we're just, they're just dying, they're getting killed, and it's just hard to not relate, you know, or to act like they're not, a can't act that way. We saw some crazy videos today of people that just felt like brown people that felt like we deserve it, you know what I mean? Like, this isn't anything different than black-on-black crime, but it is, and, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's where I'm at. Um, How you feeling, Tasia? Well, it's kind of hard to go on, like, my daily, my daily things that I go through. me in a way uh, it's not nothing first is COVID you can't go back to normal that's not and then on top of this mm-hmm. it's just like this is so surreal right now I mean mm-hmm. it's it's really hard to just go on you know but mm-hmm. but we do go on so the thing is we just got more barriers to work through it's, I feel heaviness yes, every day. And that's a, that could be a barrier. So it's like we've already been hit with all these obstacles and challenges of the government, all this stuff set up against us, which is leading us to building to go in private in the first place. But then we have 
you know, barriers of being brown people and you can't make it in life. You can't reach the top. There's hardly anyone at these at the top of this corporation and we're just not afforded the same opportunities, no matter what people say. We know what the barrier is and it shouldn't be. It's racism. It's the fact that it's our skin color. They try to make that a barrier. But then, as we're still going on with life, we have the mental block. This is something to work through. You know, you got to keep yourself in a, in a good headspace. This is a time where suicide is running rampant. It was already rampant already due to COVID, and now we have police brutality. You know, we have riots. We have protesters and things like that. It's affecting everyone. Um, whites and blacks are being affected by suicide. So it's just, it's a lot. So, yeah, so you're working through it. We're all trying to get through it. We're still getting our stuff done, but it's still, I mean, we have we have barriers to that. We have a hold that we can't complete everything because things are still not fully open. Mm-hmm. So it's just, we're just still trying to work through it, um, keep a healthy mental space because it's just necessary. And I don't know, for me, I know what helped me out this week because it was very hard. Um, the beginning of the week was very hard for me. It was like I was super sensitive, extra sensitive. And not to mention, I wasn't indulging on social media, but at some point I said, I'm not going to act like I don't want to know what's going on in the world. I already don't watch the news. So I do get things from social media, and I do. The thing about me is I will look things up. Like the stuff we talked about last week with George Floyd, on the show, I was, if you got to listen to that, for some reason it just disappeared. Yeah, that show is missing. So I don't know. Maybe we can go back and it'll reappear because that's what happened with some of the edits. Um, something we had um, some technical difficulties last week mm-hmm. with the show starting out, so we apologize for that. But hopefully everyone can hear us today. We didn't know that people couldn't hear us last week. So hopefully everything's smooth now. If not, let us know in the comments, in the chat, I should say. Um, but, yeah. We, we talked about George Floyd last week. Yeah. We just, information was fresh yeah. in our minds. Yeah. And um, just mm-hmm. our reactions to that. And then we talked about um, the new stimulus package that they're trying to get together, the new Heroes Act bill. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully we can get that show back so y'all can just re-listen to it. If not, we'll just um, we'll keep those mm-hmm. things later. Yeah, we'll keep going. Yeah. So like I was saying um, earlier this week, I was feeling really heavy and couldn't help it. You know, it's just certain personalities. Some people are better at blocking things out than others. Like there are some things I'm good at. I'm good at like letting some things go, like a lot of things. You know, not letting it affect my space. But then there's some things that I just cannot uh, freely let go like, as easy. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's more like an empathetic person, empath, um, burdensome type of person. It goes with my personality. It goes with my spiritual gifts. It just goes with me. So there's only so much. Even if I never saw the video, um, the effect that it was having on everybody still having an effect on me, you know, so you can't help but to feel weighed down, and it's like, what do you do to release that, I know for me, I just have to pray, and then I just had to literally release, like, 
it was weird. Like one day I just had to like, I think it was Tuesday. I just had to let out a cry, like real tears, you know. And I was just like, what is happening? You know, I didn't even think I was feeling sad, but I was in the shower. And then next thing you know, it just hit me like a flood, you know. So it's just like it's important to let emotions out. Mm -hmm. But um, I was downtown um, of our city. It's been, um, you know, vandalized and things like that um, through the protesting. Um, And they boarded up the businesses, which is like a main attraction in this particular area. Um, It's really nice place with nice restaurants and shops you can um, just have a good time and stroll and look at or visit, I should say, and they boarded them all up, but they're all still, most of them are still open, Um, but I was just down there, and I was taking pictures and things like that, and then, um, and I was posting them, because I just wanted people to see what Columbus looks like, because honestly, what I came across was a lot of businesses, even though the vandalism happened, a lot of businesses were in support of the Black Lives Matter movement. So a lot of them were, like, still letting you know. Whether they believe it in their heart or not didn't matter to me, but they were they had the signs on the inside. Because at first I was thinking, oh, anybody can put this piece of paper on the outside of the building and have it taped on there. But then as I kept strolling down the street or had it inside their windows, they had their own particular um, sign up that said Black Lives Matter um, or we're all here for love, I mean, peace. You know, it was just well, that area, like called the Short North, they're very um, diverse and um, it's like gay population. Um, they're just more so we love everybody anyway. So I'm not really surprised to see that some businesses were um, supportive, but it also definitely makes you it's good for business too. It makes you want to go back to those businesses because there are some racist establishments downtown that I've come across, not in this particular area, but not far from it. Um, there, I, I've, we've literally experienced it with a group of friends several times in one night before. So there's some establishments I'll never support, but then there's some establishments I'm like, okay, this is cool. But I think that this is definitely we know protesting and all that can lead to violence and harm. I really do feel like it is helping a bit. I think everything together works in a way because these younger, the younger generation, they are really speaking up as far as the um, white people go. They are speaking up and they are protesting when I, and so, yeah, so they're, I feel like it is helping in a way, and I'll explain why uh, in a bit. But I did end up going um, down to the state house where they were protesting, but I did it, like, in the middle of the day. So it was early afternoon. It was between – I was there from, like, 12 to 2. But I was just down there um, because every time I drove past, I just felt led to go there and participate. At first, I would, I didn't want, you know, I was all about, like, well, focusing really isn't helping. And I just had to, like, rethink that through. Um, people are getting hurt. That's what I was feeling, like, okay, we're protesting, but people are still getting hurt. People are still getting killed and things like that during the protest. This isn't working. But um, 
but that's what they're showing you too. I'm not saying it's not happening. That's that's how they're able to show. But they also these some of these protests are rigged too. The violence, a lot of them are, because um, there's a lot of peaceful um, protesting going on. And that's when I went. It was so peaceful when I did decide to stop by on Wednesday. I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna go because I I, I didn't care to go before, but I was just felt like I was led to go. When I went, it was like the best feeling. It was the best. um, It was mostly, they were all, I won't say all, it was mostly the white population. And they came with, you felt the love. They had a lot of food. They had a lot of water. They just kept bringing water, like, by the cases. And um, people were there. Of course, they were protesting. They were shouting, but they also were talking about what to do to go forward. It wasn't just them, though. I mean, they were in the audience, but, like, brown people had the mic pretty much. And it was, like, it was just really good. Um, They were talking about um, what some of the governors were saying and things like that, talking about the issues. It was actually being really effective. And then, you know, this guy had a guitar, and he was singing a song that was on his heart and things like that. But um, it was just, it was a, it felt like it was a good experience, and not just experience, but it actually felt like it was reaching the heart. You could, It was good to see the amount of basically white people that were allies or on our side, and I think we all know that that's what a lot of people are petitioning for is like, we can't do it alone. You guys have to speak for us. We don't have a voice. Our voice is not valued. So that's why I say that the protesting seems to be helping um, because I feel like every, it's little things, you know, everything works together, you know. So it made me think of um, First Corinthians. And I'll read this because I just think this is great. So it made me think of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting at verse 12. It says, for just as the body is one and yet has many parts, and all the parts, though many, form only one body, so it is with Christ. But, no, for by one Holy Spirit, we were all baptized into one body, spiritually transformed, united together, whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. And we were all made to drink one Holy Spirit since the, since the same Holy Spirit fills each life. For the human body does not consist of one part, but of many limbs and organs. If the foot says, because I am not, not a hand, I am not a part of the body. Is it not part of the body? If the ear says, because I am not an ear, I am not a part of the body, is it not, on the contrary, still a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But now, as things really are, God has placed and arranged and arranged the parts in the body each one, each one of them just as he willed and saw fit with the best balance of function. If they all were a single organ, where would the rest of the body be? 
But now, as things really are, there are many parts, different limbs and organs, but a single body. To the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. But quite the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are absolutely necessary. And and as for those parts of the body which we consider less honorable, these we treat with greater greater honor, and our less presentable parts are treated with greater modesty, while our more presentable parts do not require it. But God has climbed the but God has combined the whole body, giving greater honor to the part that the part which it lacks, the part which lacks it, so that there would be no division or discord in the bodies. That is lack of adaptation of the parts of of the parts to each other, but that the parts may have the same concern for one another. And if one member suffers, all parts share the suffering. If one member is honored, all rejoice with it. And he says, now you are Christ's body and individually members of it, each with his own special purpose and function. So God has appointed you, for God, so God has appointed and placed in the church for his own use, first apostles, second prophets, then those who work miracles. Then those with the gifts of healing, the helpers, the administrators, the speakers in various kinds of tongues, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but earnestly desire and strive for the greater gifts. And yet I will yes. And yet I will show you in still a still more excellent way, one of the choicest one of the choicest graces and the highest of them all, unselfish love. So that was the amplified version for those that may be interested. But um that's what it you know, made me think of, um, is that there it can be effective, but it's not gonna be effective by itself. It's gonna take work. Protesting, like I said, I, I didn't I didn't think it was it would work, but protesting in what way are you protesting? You know what I mean? Not with I mean people want to. I don't have any judgments on how people protest. Whatever people are looting and all that. That's honestly, it can be remedied. Those businesses will get fixed. Um, but you know. The writing the letters, donating the um, foundations that are helping um, brown and black people across the nation. There are a lot of people that dedicated their time to helping us. Um, there are a lot of businesses out there. I just think it's a something that can help, that can happen globally if we all work together. And I mean globally because this right here has swept across the whole globe. Just like COVID, they're having this. Has, this has helped, um, has affected everyone to protest all over the world. People that aren't even in the United States. So, um, yeah. So that's what I was thinking about when it came to protesting. Um, and I was also thinking 
the noise is going to die down. And, you know, it, we'll be waiting for the next viral killing, you know, from someone's video camera, from their phone. But what do we do in between all of that? And that thing for me is just keep going, just keep, you know, keep going forward, just like we're doing in our lives. I mean, even if that just means buy, buy black when it comes to certain merchandise. I know for me, I buy certain products all the time consistently from um, our sisters that created brands, skincare brands and um, things that help. Yeah, I guess hair care, yeah. Things that aren't really, the things I buy, you can't buy in the stores. The things I order, I can't buy them in the stores. So that I value and I will continue to buy, but not just that. There comes a time where we should have our own store. We should have our own malls. We should have our own things. So I think that's something we can work towards. If everybody finds somebody, I know somebody that makes T-shirts. I'm going to know multiple people that make T-shirts. So it's like, okay, with all these this apparel, um, and if everybody just continues to own their own businesses, and then we can definitely, there's no reason. They're already out here. We just got to all link up. You know, why Why are we buying Louis Vuitton? Who is that? Does that, does that person like us? You know, it's like, why are we buying things just for the heck of it, just for the brand? You know, so I know that's, you know, how do I, what can I do after this? And I know I've, I'm one of those people that did write the Minnesota um governor and things like that because I just felt like I'm not going to just do nothing and I know things will happen and but I just that's me that's not anybody else if you didn't do it okay you know I know people that are silently donating there's a place for everyone just like when we're all in the kingdom there's something that other people can do just some there's just something whatever you're led to do it's not like someone's doing more than the other. It doesn't have to be seen. It doesn't have to shine. My friend, um, one of my friends said she wanted to do something, so she took my um, godson and godsons with her to the uh, upper, um, what do you call it, a suburb area. She went and made some signs and stood outside of a store. And they held their Black Lives Matter signs. And then she said that people were actually coming up to her, talking to her, supporting her. And they said, I'm going to stand with you. Like it was strangers off the street. Somebody stood with her for like 30 minutes. The other lady, um, someone came and they said, we're going to stay here as long as you're here. Like people were stopping to support. It's just very touching to see that. It's also touching when you see the people standing in front of the the black people out there, shielding them from the police brutality. That's, you know, that's something we didn't used to see. That's something my aunt, I have an aunt that was talking about it. She was like, this is a different breed of people. She said, because in the 60s, this wasn't happening. You could not, you would never catch a white person doing that, is what she was saying. And, you know, we know that white people marched with Martin Luther King, mm-hmm. but, you know, I'm not saying they they weren't out there. She wasn't saying that, but the fact that 
the guns were pointed and then the people got in front of, you know, it's just been a lot of kindness shown. And the thing is, what's going to happen is the next, the generation under us, they're going to hate, like these kids, now some of them are being, we know a lot of them are being brought up with the bigotry and the racism, but then a lot of them are waking the heck up and schooling their parents. And they're going to get tired of this same fight. Um, so I think it will be a difference, but I'm not sure to the extent. So So yeah. Um So, hey, do you have anything you want to say? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, yeah, I was just, this is my thoughts on all of this is we all have a part. If you want to do something, I mean, people, you know, they do their protests for the people to see their coworkers, you know, that they know that they're friends with them on social media. Um you know, but we all can't do the same thing. You know, everybody can't be at the forefront. Everybody can't be frontliners because if that was the case, where would the administrative people be? You know, so just everybody just just keep going. And I, to balance, I have to go off. I have to pray. I can't just indulge in that stuff and let it consume me because for some reason i got to release. So let your emotions out. You're allowed to eat. You know, if you're angry, you're angry, release it in a healthy way. You're allowed to be angry. You're allowed to have all your feelings. Just don't let it overtake you in a negative way and don't do nothing because some people, they fall into depression, they fall into suicide, they want to go harm someone, you know, I get it. But let's not do those things, but definitely release it in whatever way that may be for you, singing, art, whatever form walking, running, jogging, exercising, crying, writing, you know. So that's just my take on it. Um, But like I said, I felt like, but, I mean, it's kind of like one of those things you have to go in it, and I think that's why I was so led, and I follow the spirit. So I think that's why I was led to go participate in the actual protesting in front of the state building. Uh, with the signs and stuff, I mean, because it was definitely peaceful. I mean, I'm telling you, the vibe was really good. And then actually it got real spiritual. There were people up in, you know, not like hardcore, but, you know, I mean, arm, the people were arm in arm, arm in arm together, united, strangers with strangers, you know, and praying and just united. It was really powerful to see that. And I I'm telling you, the brown people were outnumbered at this event. And they've been out there every day. They've been out there for a week straight so far. Um, and I don't know when this is going to stop, but I just know it's something great. Um, we've never felt love before. You could never I – I didn't feel it like that before. So – it's something new happening. We can't deny it. I mean, some people are still, I saw somebody that really didn't even like that. Like, they wanted it to still be like Malcolm X, like first Malcolm X, for, like first days. 
and wanted it to be like, oh, you can't help us, you know. But it was like that was a different time. That was a different moment. There was nothing that that person could do. But this is different, and we know that times are different. So we can't deny that there is a shift, but for the better. I'm not saying that they're not, they don't have things to work on. I mean, I had to had to educate somebody over the Internet that was very open to learning. That was a whole other topic. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, that was through social media, this lady that was willing to learn but didn't know what she was, that what she was saying was wrong. And this lady had a huge following. You know, I don't have the energy to educate you, um, but, you know, I'm going to have to unfollow you. Um, but she was very, honestly, she was very sweet, and she just was very ignorant. But she was definitely dedicated to learning. I saw her content and what she was watching because um, she had posted it in her stories. And, you know, we had, like, long conversation as far as through texting, but, I mean, I was like, well, at least if I reach one person today, then that's that's better than nothing. She was very open. So that's another thing. We have to kind of be sensitive to that. I mean, it's not my, I'm not out here. That's not what I, I don't know. I can't say I'm out here, Captain Save them, all like that. But they have to do their work, too, and do their part. So I just like the fact that this is actually sending a message because people are getting tired. They're getting tired of the same fight. But we've been in this fight longer. They're just now, like, actively joining. So so that was my first time actually hearing you um, talk about your experience. And um, it's good to see that, that point of view of it because what only thing that I've seen is what's been on mm-hmm. the news and um, social media. And um, we all know that. Mm-hmm. they can shape that in a way for you to perceive something in a certain light. So it was good to know that there is actually, um, you actually encouraged me in um, that there is hope, that we have hope. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of hope that maybe this time it is different. Maybe it is so new breed of people, new generation. Things are changing in this time. Mm-hmm. We might actually make some progress, right? Right, and it might not just all—it's not going to like all patch itself up all magically. Yeah, but fitting. we're making strides, and I am actually—I feel actually—I feel better, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and then there was a guy that fainted but he didn't it wasn't for long and then so when that happens being in the medical field we just rushed to the scene they're like is someone medical here because they had a medic medical station too like this thing is really structured for the most part um but i mean we just rushed to the scene and then the guy he's like i'm okay i'm okay but he was still laying down so you know i'm like if somebody else holding i held one leg somebody had his head and we had waters so we, so we found cold waters and things like that so by the end of like helping him and aid he was wearing it was hot that day and he was wearing very warm clothes like sweatpants he had like a i don't know a hoodie wrapped around his waist it was it was warm um so he was hot. I don't think he was hydrated. All those waters, I don't think he was hydrated. But um, 
you know, by the end of it, it was an Indian lady, and there was a white lady helping, and then there was me. It was other people, too, but as far as actively touching him or, you know, helping, um, by the end of it, anyway, the ladies were like, one was like, okay, this is all right. I'm a doctor. And the other one was like, I'm a doctor. I'm like, oh, I'm a nurse. Like, three of us. It was two doctors and a nurse helping this person. And, you know, it was just, I mean, it was, hey, there's going to be a doctor in the house. Like, you can't tell because we're all, we just all look regular. You know, you just don't know who you're around. You don't know who's for you. You know, there are people out there just really trying to make a difference. And it was just really, really good to see that. Very blessed. And those that want to evangelize or make it their mission to minister to people and the gospel or whatever it is you want to do, that is nothing more than opportune time than to go to one of those protesting sites. Um, yeah, protesting events. Because when I say people, when I got there, um. People are still looking for a leader. So there was people telling you what to chant and things like that. Nothing wrong with it. With it. And then there's someone else. They get tired. Someone else needs to take on the mic. Or what do you call that? I don't even know. I can't think. But, um, you know, they need breaks. And then the way it flowed, like some people had their things already ready to talk about what was being said um, on our in in our city by the um, council and the governor and things like that, what's going to change and things like that. We had conversations, but also we don't really, there's people just gathered together and they're just like, I am here to support you. What do I have to do? But there are, there is a, chance for people to be become leaders or if you, for all the leaders to get together and make a difference as well. So if you have leadership qualities or, you know, go to these events, I mean, people people need, like, people are in there, like, they need someone to talk to, they need to pray, they need prayer. Um, they're just, they, people need, they need people. Because, mind you, coronavirus had just come out and everybody was quarantined. So people already are longing for that, for that connection. So people are already at their wits and you can tell the ones that were weary. And then there were people offering prayer. They had to sign up that said prayer. And some people went for prayer. And that's what I was saying. Like people really were weary. It's nothing. There is a time that you, where you could like evangelize. So it's just, and even if you're not, if you're a counselor or something like that, someone that, that can help people or that likes to help people, you can just be there. You may come across, someone may divinely connect. <laughs> you never know. So a lady, she was painting artwork. I mean, it was just, it was a really nice time. And I'm not saying it's always like that. And I went during the day, and it was growing. The crowd just kept growing. So it was pretty large. Um, I had things to do, so I didn't plan to be there all day. And I definitely didn't plan to be there at night because we're not going to deny that atmosphere has changed in the dark, <laughs> you know. And um, so, yeah. So those are my thoughts, and that's how I feel. And I do feel like we're making progress or strides 
You know, I'm not saying it's all going to be healed this time, but, I mean, it's definitely people are making strides. And those people that are racist are trying not to be, they're learning, they're trying, they're active. Like, they're getting weary, like, they're getting overwhelmed, I should say, by the amount that they have to unlearn and learn. And I've witnessed it all this week. But by today, I feel good. Earlier this week, it was not so good. But the fact, so I I guess my thing is whatever you feel like you're supposed to do, don't go against that grain. I don't even talk to people on social media. I would never say, oh, I'm going to unfollow you because you're this and you're that. And I wasn't harsh with it. I was like, yeah, because we are tired. So I was like, I don't have the energy to do this. I just want you to know I can't support. And this person, she really did mean well. It was straight ignorant. When she had the picture of white Jesus and a black baby holding a black baby, it was just off. And what she said, all lives matter, was just way off. And I was just like, oh, wow. Yeah, I can't. Um, but she was willing to have a conversation. And that was going to change everything. So, station, it was like in depth. That's when I was able to feel and hear her heart. So it wasn't like, oh, she was just being a trying to harm or trying to offend. It was really, she really did not know. Mm-hmm. So she really was in the in the very beginning after all, that's what I'm saying, all these protests and things like that, you had chances to learn. She's just now learning. So that's what I mean. There's steps. Like people are finally getting on the bandwagon. Even for me, I'm like finally like, okay, let me let me just go ahead and join this protest. Or let me tell the people what's going on in our city. Look at what it looks like downtown. Just, I don't like to speak publicly. First of all, yes, and we're doing this radio station. But, you know, we're not going against the grain. We're doing all of this for a greater cause, a greater purpose. So don't go against that. And, you know, so the start of a thing can help something else come about and grow. You never know who you'll meet, you never know what you'll come in contact with or who you'll come in contact with that'll change your life. So be obedient pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so anyway, that's all I have. <laughs> and I don't see any hands raised, so um, it looks like that'll be it. Um, yeah, anybody... That's about it. So, yeah. Well, everybody, keep your head up. Make sure your mental, whatever you got to do to keep your mental thoughts aligned and positive and all of that. Do what you got to do, but um, just keep going. We're all in this together. We really are. Keep doing your process. All these things that we're trying to get together, get corrected. Um, POAs. Proper name change. Oh my goodness! First of all, let's talk about the webinar on Saturday. If you were able to be a part of that, that was awesome, life changing for me. That really got me going. My momentum. I'm like, you know, when Akeem teaches, it's just he opens your eyes. And the thing is, we, you know, how you know something, but for him to teach it and expound is just. It just helps you to hit the ground running. Like, if you don't have that, I'm thinking, oh, I know he'll have that available. He's going to have it on his website. I don't know if he has it on yet, but it's coming soon. He's 
Mm-hmm. So he's working on that. I know because it takes some editing and things like that, but it was really good. Um, so yeah, keep working on that. Get your national passport. Do what you got to do. Um, book your consultations and all of that. Make sure you tune in every Tuesday to his show, Truth Tuesdays, our show on every Thursday here. And um, and you know we have our our website, jtmuse.com. And we're working on some other things, but yeah. So everybody, let's just continue to stay connected. And that's it. Yeah, be safe. Be safe. Peace. Um, oh. Thanks for listening tonight, and uh, we'll talk to you guys on Thursday, next Thursday. Take care, everyone. In order for you and me to devise some kind of method or strategy to offset some of the events or a repetition of the events that have taken place here in Los Angeles recently, we have to go to the root. We have to go to the cause. Dealing with the condition itself is not enough. And it is because of our effort toward getting straight to the root that people oftentimes think we are dealing in hate. We are oppressed. We are exploited. We are downtrodden. We are denied not only civil rights, but even human rights. So the only way we're going to get some of this oppression and exploitation away from us or aside from us is come together against the common enemy. Who taught you to hate the texture of your hair? Who taught you to hate the color of your skin to such extent that you bleach to get like the white man? Who taught you to hate the shape of your nose and the shape of your lips? Who taught you to hate yourself from the top of your head to the soles of your feet? Who taught you to hate your own kind? Who taught you to hate the race that you belong to? So much so that you don't want to be around each other. No, before you come asking Mr. Muhammad, does he teach hate, you should ask yourself, who taught you to hate being what God gave you? And I, for one, as a Muslim, believe that the white man is intelligent enough. If he were made to realize how black people really feel and how fed up we are without that old compromising sweet talk, Stop sweet-talking him. Tell him how you feel. Tell him how, what kind of hell you've been catching and let him know that if he's not ready to clean his house up, if he's not ready to clean his house up, he shouldn't have a house. It should catch on fire and burn down.